Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Today, I would like to share with you from the title, Are We Giving to Caesar What Belongs to God? I asked that question in part in last week's podcast, and I believe it's a question that every church-going, Bible-toting, tongue-talking Christian should ask themselves. I pray continually that the things I say will be only what I hear God speak and that I will say them in the spirit that he gives his words to me. It would be an extremely easy thing for me to sit in judgment of others based simply on what I surmise. It would be a very easy matter to use the thoughts and considerations of my flesh to say things in this podcast that would make total sense but yet be in total error or even worse, totally against the word and will of God. I just read a post from my daughter in love who lives in Portland, Oregon, stating as to how many people in Portland treat Christians. It's because Christians tell them that they're evil and going to hell. Where is God's word in the hearts and minds of these Christians that says, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. In the NRSV, the New Revived Standard Version of the Bible, it reads, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. How many have said, if I had only known after life-changing mistakes were made, How many have done things, accepted the leadings of others only to find out later that those decisions were detrimental to their lives, their families' lives, their businesses, as well as other matters, but only after it was too late? How many Christians are doing things, saying things, judging others, and even believing things that are taking them away that God never intended, that will lead them to not necessarily an earthly death, but worse yet, an eternal death? And the frightening thing about these actions that many Christians are taking is that most of the time they think they're right. The choices that many who profess Christianity today are not taking into consideration the damage that they're doing to the body of Christ, that they're not giving glory to the Father, and they don't seem to care. They have an agenda of their own, and that's where their focus remains in spite of the injuries it brings to the name of Jesus. They're using his name to justify and accomplish their personal political agendas. They're holding political rallies while praying, worshiping, and all the rest. Some might say that's good. I wouldn't doubt that many are thinking that it's right. But again, don't give to the government what belongs to God. Those in the body of Christ should not mix politics with Christianity. In the book of Matthew, when Jesus was before Pilate, the reason the priests were able to bring him to judgment was because they said Jesus proclaimed himself as king. They were able to bring Christ the king before a political government to be judged. They brought a heavenly government to the level of an earthly government. They gave to Caesar who and what belongs to God. 
without realizing it. When these political rallies are used for the purpose of church services, in no way does this glorify the Father. Again, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. No parent wants a child who obeys and is kind only when they're looking at them. Everyone wants the child who the teachers, neighbors, and everyone will say what a good kid he or she is. So it is with our Heavenly Father. Our lives should always give praise and glory to whom it belongs, and that's God and God alone, whether others are watching or not. Our lives should be a worship to him in spirit and in truth that's manifested through our daily walk. The glory, honor, and praise that we give the Father should not and cannot be someone's cunning plot used for the purpose of getting votes. And no Christian should be a part of that. Jesus said in John 4, 23, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. To worship is defined as to prostrate oneself in homage. It's due reverence to adore. However, without realizing it, one can worship in flesh as well as in spirit. There is no way that a person can go to a political rally to praise and worship without the forethought intent of using that praise and worship, which belongs to God and only God, to achieve their own agendas. Therefore, the praise and worship cannot be real. It cannot be what it's purpose for. And what it's purpose for is to give glory to the Father. What does Isaiah 29, 13 read? The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. A question I posed in one of the earlier podcasts was, who taught you how to do what you're doing? When I first met my mentor, Professor John Miller, we were on the phone one night when she asked me to pray. So I did. Of course, at that time in my life, I was so sure that the louder I yelled, the more anointed my prayer would sound. I can only thank God for his mercy, patience, and grace. When Professor Miller heard me pray, she brought facts to my attention concerning the way as well as the things that I prayed. What she taught and shared with me about prayer over the next years not only changed my prayer life, but it changed things in my personal life as well. The things she taught me weren't just her biased opinions of this prayer life of mine, it was what the word of God said. She also recommended books for me to read, as well as a workbook that we did together. But more than anything, it was hearing her pray that would bring her and anyone listening directly into the presence of God. Until this day, I still wonder 
What has she had to do? How much has she had to die to her flesh? What has she had to give up and sacrifice in order to hear God's voice on the level that she does? And please don't misunderstand me. When I say hear God's voice, it's not in the sense that she's a prophet, because although God has used her prophetically, without a doubt, each and every time that I've heard her preach the word of God, she's prophesying his word. Yet, she doesn't claim the position of being a prophet. And still, when she prays, teaches, preaches, or ministers the word of God, you know without a doubt she's brought you into his very presence. Her very life, as far as I'm concerned, exudes a life of worship to the Father. But yet, we can still laugh and talk about things other than the Bible. She walks a well-balanced life before me and those around her. This is who taught me how to do what I do. And she didn't teach me a bunch of rules or a bunch of do's and don'ts based on how my flesh would feel. I believe this is what every Christian should be able to do. Basically, maintain their spiritual lives without being hypocrites because of their fleshly lives. That way, when we praise, it will not be to impress or influence others with ulterior motives and hidden agendas. It will be in spirit and in truth. I researched the word truth according to Strong's, but the definition didn't bring the clarity that I felt was needed for this time. So I looked at Merriam-Webster. It defines truth as sincerity in action, character, and utterance. Obviously, my question would be, not only in worship, but in service to God, are we Christians in truth? Are we Christians in sincere action, in character, and in the things that we say? Jesus said that the true worshipers, which obviously means they would be worshipers who were not or are not true. True, meaning that which has not only the name and resemblance, but the real nature corresponding to the name in every respect corresponding to the idea signified by the name real, true, genuine. Strong's concordance defines true as opposite to what is fictitious, counterfeit, imaginary, simulated, or pretended. At this point, I must ask those who are at the political rallies and even in church services where politics have become their focal points and rallying cries, are you actually worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth? Or is what's going on counterfeit, imaginary, and fictitious? Is what and who you're worshiping corresponding to the name of God? Is the worship that many are professing signifying the name of Jesus real, true, and genuine? Or are some making the mistakes, and for some maybe not mistakes, but conscious performances of praise, to impress and encourage others to follow the political paths that they've chosen. Bottom line is, are you giving to Caesar what belongs to God? 
One of the things that I realize now is that when I was worshiping in the flesh, again, without the realization of what I was doing at that time and the mistakes that I was making, I did a lot of that because of what I saw others doing. I was impressed, moved, and motivated to emulate those who I saw as spiritual, anointed, powerful, and right. I wanted to be like them and be counted as one of them. So instead of truly learning to pray, worship, and praise, I just began to open my mouth and make a lot of noise like I saw others doing. And yes, I was feeling something because my love for God was real and true. But my worship, in spite of my love for God, was not. And of course, I thought the louder I was, the more anointed I was. Big mistake. I must repeat again, Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. Does that mean that someone can't be vocal or even loud in their worship and praise? Of course not. But no matter how boisterous or quiet one's praise and worship may be, it must be in spirit and in truth. We can't give to Caesar what belongs to God. We must keep politics and flesh out of our true Christian walk. What we do and how we live is a lot more resounding and powerful than what we say. No matter how much someone may speak out against pedophiles, homosexuality, abortions, and whatever else, if their words are filled with hatred, division, dissension, racism, bigotry, and strife, it's not of God and it does not glorify him. No matter how much someone says, I'm a Christian, but yet continues to spew out venom in regards to others, in actuality, they're lying, and it does not bring glory to the Father. To quote from my mentor, Joan Miller, and I quote, the truth is, the devil's greatest tool is using the church to spread his lie, end quote. Christians must stop using the church and allowing themselves to be used to spread the lies of the enemy. I'm sure many of you remember not only the podcast, but also the blog where I shared concerning Ahab's 400 prophets of Baal who were deceived by one lying spirit. No internet newspapers, TVs, cell phones, or any other means of mass communication, but yet only one spirit became a lying spirit in the ears of all those prophets. How much more and how many more are being reached today through the lies of the enemy, through those who are professing Christianity over the airways, the internet, and other forms of mass communication. Am I saying to ignore the sin that's in the government? Not at all. But remember, there's a way that God would have us to handle his word as well as those who are around us. There's a way that we should deal with politics as Christians. The Bible says that Jesus went away from the people when he knew that they wanted to take him by force to be their king. 
Jesus stayed out of politics. Nehemiah was a politician with the king's ear. Basically, he was favored by the king. But when he wanted or needed something for the people, when he needed the government to move on behalf of the people, he went to God before he went to the king. There is nowhere in the word of God that says he ran for office or that he manipulated others to get his position. He, Ezra, and the people prayed and believed God for what they wanted and desired. Never does it say that they took matters into their own hands to make sure they got what they wanted, even when they knew it was the will of God. Esther was the king's wife, but she still trusted God to deliver the Jews. There was never a time that she said the country should divorce or that there should be a civil war. She trusted God. None of these people ever used the temple or the priests to influence the people. They knew how to pray and how to worship. They knew how to hear the voice of God. And more than anything, they stayed in the will of God, obeyed him, trusted him, and believed in him. Are these people today who are holding these political worship and praise rallies, calling themselves Christians, obeying, trusting, and believing God? Not only should it be asked if they, if they are obeying God, but are they hearing his voice? It should be asked if they even have a prayer life, and if they do, what kind of prayer life is it? When the people asked Jesus about paying their taxes, Jesus replied in Matthew twenty-two twenty-one. So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. My praise, worship, adoration, and fidelity does not belong to the government. It belongs to God. My faith, trust, and belief does not belong to my government. It belongs to God. My obedience and submissiveness does not belong to this government. It belongs to the Lord God whom I serve with my whole heart and my whole soul. Am I a citizen of this nation? One who loves and believes in the Constitution? Yes, I am. Do I vote in every election? Yes, I do. And I believe everyone should vote, even if it's for a dog catcher. I believe in the laws of this land and I obey them completely, but I keep them where they belong. I believe in its laws, but I trust in my God. Give to God what belongs to him. And that's our faith, trust, worship, and praise. The biggest mistake that Israel made was in asking for a king someone who would lead them and make the rules for them. They trusted in a man for them to follow as opposed to the true and living God. They chose to place their trust in an earthly king as opposed to the king of kings. They gave their allegiance and praise to flesh as opposed to the true and living God. These are the same choices that those who are presenting themselves as Christian leaders in Congress, the Senate, in pulpits, on television, 
and all over this nation are making today. Again, remember Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. It's amazing as to how many Christians don't realize that they're going a way that they think is right, but is leading them to death. Never should true Christians use the honor, praise, and worship that belongs to God for their own personal political agendas. It was the priest, those who were leaders of the synagogues, who used their influence with the government to kill Christ. Selah, pause and think about that for a moment. As I continually say, it's Christians who are destroying Christianity. It's Christians who are killing Christ all over again. Give to the government what belongs to the government and give to God what belongs to him. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.